Hi, and welcome to the 55th Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is the digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, I will be chatting with Sue Moncur, who is the Vice President of International Marketing for Ancestry. She gives us an overview of her role, as well as sharing how Ancestry is empowering journeys of personal discovery to enrich life. Sue shares how you don't have to be on a genealogy TV show to get bitten by the bug of discovering more about your family history and understanding what helps make you who you are. She also discusses how historical records have changed to reflect women's independence and status in society over time. Inesh Santos is away, so I will be taking you through the new content and the written issue again on her behalf. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash mythology and find us on twitter instagram and facebook so welcome to the womanthology podcast we've got sue monker and she is vp of international marketing for ancestry hi there sue how are you doing very well how are you today fiona yes doing all right i'm very excited to hear all about the work that you're doing it's something that i'm interested in so i'm really looking forward to learning all about it and probably i'll suddenly want to do my family tree after we've spoken i'm sure well i'm here to help if you do amazing so could we start by learning a bit about you so could you tell us about your educational background and career to date yes school education was really mundane with a few different school moves my parents moved around different jobs different locations it's actually something I really enjoyed I got an awful lot out of changing schools and learning about different places I think as I hit A levels I got a real first indication of what motivates me which I've really thought and taken into my career I was predicted a low grade for doing one of my A levels and I was very very determined that that was not going to be the outcome And so it wasn't the outcome. I did very well, but it really was my first real lesson, I think, in education of like, right, I'm extremely motivated to prove to myself that I can do something. Next was then choosing my university. That was my second lesson, actually, I think, on what really motivates me to do something. On the day of getting my A-level results, I got in to do law at York, which had been what I thought I wished to do. On that day, I changed my mind. (laughs) And I decided to move to do economics at Lancaster. I went to do that. I did that for two, three weeks. And then I changed again. I changed to do politics and business studies. And I think that was a real lesson for me because what I realized was I need to do something I'm really enjoying. And I simply wasn't enjoying it. I moved and I was really loving it. I possibly loved university a bit too much, but I got my degree and then I went traveling. You know, I did what a lot of people do. I took some time out. So again, in that space, I knew I had to find something and come back to something that I was really interested in. And as I was temping just ahead of going off traveling, I worked in this beautiful building in Harrogate in Yorkshire. And there was a media agency in this building. I remember always walking past and I was like, oh, that looks exciting. Doesn't that look fun? And so 
fate as I came back from traveling they had a job open I ended up working there and so yeah I spent the only part of my career in media and advertising which I found was just that real fascination that I'd been looking for and it's because it was all about the customer and how you make them do something and I'm still to this day incredibly motivated by this I'm endlessly fascinated by that word change in an advert can drive a different response and drive a different reaction that can be different it depends on my culture depends on my geography I'm still really fascinated by that and so my early part of my career was working through media and advertising agencies and I stayed there for quite a long time and then I met a really great female leader who just dropped into conversation one day that maybe I could go and do a marketing degree or you know learn something more about marketing so I took myself off to a college in the evenings very much reminded myself that I am definitely not built for academic life. But then at the end of that, I got my marketing qualification and I moved in-house to a client. And so I started my career in marketing, moving out of agency life. And I did that for some time, really loved it again, became a decision maker about how you make your customer happy. And again, I found that was really in that safe space for me. And then my next move was Ancestry. And as I joined Ancestry, I was really fascinated by the concept of a subscription business which I'd never worked with and I'd had many clients but I'd never been in a subscription business but also about family history I'd never thought about it and I was like oh that seems like something I should care about so I'm now in my 14th year here at Ancestry having worked in various roles in my time here always within the international business which I have deeply loved my current role is now heading up the international marketing team and it really merges my desire to learn with wanting to try new things, but also proving to myself I can do them every single time. And if we are trying to imagine you day to day, what types of things are we imagining you doing? I spend a lot of time on Zoom. That is the first thing I would say. <laughs> I think me and many others these days. The easiest way to describe my job is to keep that really long focus on what do we do next and how can we do it better? So I think the biggest part of my role is to support my phenomenal team in different parts of the world, actually, to deliver on our targets and our customer promises. So making sure that team is really motivated, hopefully happy, but just making sure that what we do is the best we can do all day, every day. And then I think having my eye and my day-to-day -day is also like working out how we sustain that over the long term through, again, this really deep understanding of the customer. That's something I feel really passionate about and I try and make sure the team falls back on. Understanding customer is still the thing that excites me the most. It's absolutely my bias in my role of my day-to-day. -day. I love the opportunity to listen and learn from customers. And that ranges from, again, that first-party data where a customer will react to an image in a certain way, all the way through to watching and observing customers in focus groups where they might say X, they actually mean Y. And you have to read that and you have to understand that. You can only do that when you sit and listen and truly observe. And so I think that endless fascination is then just really exacerbated at the moment in this international role where I have the ability to watch and learn that across different markets and different customers. And so I think that's a lot of my day to day is making sure that that's very fresh in how we think. And so actually what it means that the team and I are doing all day, every day is making sure we bring as many people in to experience the product as possible and ensuring that we meet their expectations, our customers are everything to us. And so also make sure that we maintain that trustworthy brand that we've worked really hard over many, many years to create. Ultimately, my day to day is ensuring we're maximizing our opportunity and making sure we're thinking about everything we should be thinking about. 
And what have we not done that we should be thinking about? How could we leverage something that's culturally happening and across the different markets that we look after? How best do we invest those marketing pounds that we have, maximize return, reach as many customers as possible? And then I would also say that the final part of my day actually starts with when the US wake up. So Ancestry is a global company with our headquarters in the US. So a big part of the role is also gauging what is going on in our headquarters with our US customers, and then learning from our global teams, what are they doing? How can we be thinking about things differently? So just staying connected, but making sure that at all times we're representing our global community of customers. I would say every day is different, but every day I learn. And in terms of the organisation, what are the different various aspects? Could you give us a bit of an overview of the different areas? Yes. So I think I should start by saying Ancestry has been pioneering in family history for well over 40 years now. So we are we're well versed at this. And I think that's just great innovation. I think that's really in the heart of what we do. And that's through DNA science, digitising records around the world, automating research. And also helping customers just create this family story with more and more discoveries every single day. So the mission at Ancestry is we empower journeys of personal discovery to enrich lives. I can truly say I think we live into that every single day. There is so much innovation and change. Our teams are continually working out how to help every individual discover more. Discovering for consumers often starts with them telling us what they know today. And the more we know, the more the product can help them discover their next discovery, a deeper discovery. So we're really excited. We just got a new feature, which is called Storymaker Studio, which allows everyone to effortlessly capture their family stories, including facts, images, audio, records, memories, be able just to put them all in one place, but also share those stories in many different social platforms that just enables everyone to enjoy and celebrate that ancestor, that moment, that special person. So That's one thing. Another example of where I think this pioneering and innovation comes to life is that we've been using AI handwriting technology to process records. I'm going to be honest, this still slightly blows my mind. (laughs) But what it is, is it's just this real use of technology to bring the customer the best experience we possibly can. So I'll give you a couple of examples. The 1950 US census, we processed that using the AI technology within nine days. The actual manual transcriptions took nine months. So that's that focus on how we can use technology and innovation to just bring stuff to the customer, not only quicker, better, you know, use more technology. This gets me so excited. One, because technology is just always quite cool. But two, I think it's about how much that means we can make every single part of history relevant in today's world. The better that technology gets, the more diverse our projects can become. And then look, there's DNA. Let me start by saying I was terrible at science at school, like series of bad teachers and just knowing my strengths were definitely somewhere else. I was really unengaged in science. So one of the true privileges of my role is actually learning about DNA science today. Like all day, every day, I'm like super geeky about this stuff. I'm just awed by the fact that this saliva sample that we take from your mouth just with science and technology, can create a customer product that lets you learn so much about your past, but also your present and what is happening today. So DNA tells you where your family's come from. It tells you the journeys they took. And we try and help you understand that a little bit more deeply. 
And then it's also about what is unique about our DNA is that it helps you understand the regions that you inherited from each parent. So side view is a feature we have, which tells you the proportion of each region that you inherited from one of your parents. And they don't actually even have to have been tested for us to tell you that information. I will say in my family, this has been very important to us. This is a slightly competitive dynamic in my family. I will be honest about that. And on my dad's side, where my surname comes from, is that we believe from the French for my heart, which is, you know, just a brilliant little story that we absolutely adore. My mom doesn't have it, so we love that dynamic. And so, again, I think what DNA has done this is we have this eternal quest to pinpoint where that surname comes from. We've got close. We're not quite there today. But that's what I love about DNA. It's really given this ethnicity inheritance piece. It's really given my dad and I this opportunity to just go a bit deeper and try and really prove that French unique link that we are determined to find. I'd also say the slightly competitive side of my family. There's also quite a lot of Mickey taking that goes on in my family. So actually, I have found traits, DNA traits, to be a really interesting way that we as a family talk about our family history. So quite often it will start with a bit jovial. We'll be talking about our risk taking ability or our sprinter gene who and hasn't got it. Quite often that conversation, which feels very jovial at the time, it will really often lead to a conversation that starts with who is in the family and who are we connected to? So it really often just brings us straight back to our family history. And then that's where the power of DNA matches can really kick in as well. We connect our customers to families all around the world. And I think it's this sense of immediate family plus extended family. gives a great sense of connection to not just your family, yourself, but also the world around you. And again, you can choose to deeply engage with these people and not engage. You know, you can do it in your own way, in your own time and how you want to do it. But simply sometimes knowing those family connections are out there, it's incredible and it can be really reassuring at times. So yeah, DNA matches, just a huge, huge learning curve. I'm always checking who's my newest and how close they are. One thing I would say is family history is addictive and that's the one warning I always give people. Yeah, whenever I've delved into anything, I found out all sorts of things. <laughs> and you do just think, oh, I could just spend hours doing this and then getting lost down some rabbit hole somewhere, finding more and more stuff out. But that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good Very thing. Very good thing. What's, what are your favourite stories that you've helped your customers uncover? So many. It's like having a favourite child. I think the thing I'd say is it's the range of stories. And the thing I've never got tired of is how... The small and insignificant can mean so much to someone and yet the big can also mean so much. I think it's this sense of range, but also just the fact we're all different, you know, and what's important to us is not the same as what's important to someone else. I'd say for anyone who lives in the UK, they've probably watched a genealogy TV show here or there. Who do you think you are? DNA Journey. You know, we've been involved with a lot of those shows over the years. And the thing that always fascinates me is people say like, oh, only the best stories make it onto those shows. And I'm like, no, actually, what those shows do is they actually encapsulate what a customer goes through. It is that sense of scale and size and different discoveries. It seems actually that happens to absolutely everyone. It's not just a great TV show. That is what a customer finds. They find those great stories. They find those small stories. So, yeah, I think the stories that stick with me, we've reunited a lot of people who not only were looking for each other, but actually didn't even know each other existed. And those moments are incredible. They're very emotional, very privileged to be around them. But, you know, they really are life-changing. I mean, you know, it, 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 there's so many of them and they happen every single day. Just a recent example, 
Pauline Harrison, who's one of our customers. She was bitten by the bug of researching her family history at an early age. And she watched her grandmother like dig into the family roots. She was growing up. So with Pauline's grandfather, mother and uncle, all in the army, she was very much in that military family lifestyle. However, it was her grandmother who proved to be her biggest inspiration. She served as a land army girl during World War II. Her grandmother, Eva Leach, was the only woman amongst the male mechanics fixing up vehicles for the army. So just inspired by her grandmother's colourful stories and trailblazing efforts, Pauline herself then went on and trained as an engineer and served in the army as part of the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers. So again, that sense of she found something out, it was meaningful to her today and she did something different. I love those kind of stories. I think they're really, really inspiring. And I think the point going back to the TV shows is, yeah, what people discover makes a great TV show. But it really is reflecting those customer discoveries every day. Every family is different. Golly, I have learned that over the years. And every family has a unique story. That's the power of ancestry and family history. You just do not know what your story is until you really start searching. So I think it was my auntie, she was in the Wrens. I knew about that. But then we did some digging into some family history. I think it was my great grandparents, I think, got married in the cathedral in Manchester. So, and I was, I was intrigued. I need to know why. I need to work it out. So you'll probably find me logging on trying to answer these questions that we've got. So could you tell us as well about how you manage personal data, privacy and control? Because obviously if you've got DNA samples, things like that, some people might be thinking, well, how does that work? How do you manage that? Yeah. And thank you for asking, because this is so important. It simply has to be the heart of what we do. Customer trust is essential to us. And look, we've been trusted with personal information now for decades. And so whether it's through family facts, looking after photos, to your point, the DNA data side, we strive to manage personal information with the highest integrity and respect, leveraging technology and the best practice we possibly can. The key thing and the key message here is at all times, the customer is in control of their data. That is one of the most important things we do. And so everything is transparent. Most importantly, as a customer, you are always in control of your data. Thank you so much. And so we're in Women's History Month. What are you doing to celebrate? We actually held an event last week in our offices with a small team. And again, 14 years into my career ancestry, I was incredibly humbled and struck by the conversations we had that evening. And I was just reminded about how important it is to capture family stories today and how we all as individuals play a huge, huge role in ensuring that our female relatives and ancestors are recorded and remembered. I'm just going to share a couple of facts. Prior to the 20th century, most historical records were for and about men. It's that simple. Property was always listed or usually listed under the man's name. Men ran businesses and they ran the government. That's what's recorded. Meanwhile, a woman typically changed her name as she got married. That's where she disappears in the records as an individual. She becomes a missus or she becomes a married person. And therefore, the children carried those men's surnames through to the next generation. So even in census records, which is one of the most important things we have, historically, women's jobs or maiden names are not recorded. So again, you only have them as a married lady. You certainly don't know what they did as an occupation. And then over the years, obviously, this has been evolving and changing. And as recently as 2021, 
mothers' names are now recorded in marriage certificates for the first time. But imagine prior to 2021, mothers' names don't even appear on marriage certificates. Again, there's no record of that lady, that female, that massive part of your role in a lot of record taking. So look, female records have been lost over time. Ancestry is playing a really, really key role in reinstating the importance of female family history, where actually a lot of women have been made invisible. We can make them visible again. So just the facts and the conversations just really reminded me of the responsibility I have, but actually we all have in making sure that we're remembering the great women who went before us and also who are with us today. We have to record that information. We have to record those stories. We have to do all of that. We need to continue to change the world for the better today. It starts with us and we can all play a part in this today. I found that so so meaningful last week that it just reminded me of how important it is that we do this and what are you excited about what are you looking forward to i think as ever we are going to continue to learn and do the best we can for our customers we're going to bring more and more users in to help everyone experience this joy of discovering and sharing their family's stories but also in new and compelling ways make this a really great way for people to spend their time we have some new exciting products on the horizon I can't always talk about them, Fiona. But again, they're really focused on making sure our current customers are learning more, learning deeper discoveries. They've got constantly got things to be doing, but also making sure that we can bring more and more people in to engage in the, how they want to engage with their family history. We're bringing on new records all the time. Exciting in the UK, we are now working on bringing the Ministry of Defence World War II records online in the next few years. And quite frankly, as ever, I'm just looking forward to helping everyone understand that role we play in recognising and preserving history. And I think we should all do it today. Well, I think you're absolutely right. This has really sparked my interest again. So you'll have me investigating everything that I need to know about these people in my family. I'll be like the new Miss Marple. So I'll keep you posted if that's okay. We can help you be the next Miss Marple. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Perfect. Thank you, Fiona. As Inesh Santos, our associate editor, is off on her holidays at the moment, I'm bringing you the new stories in the written issue on her behalf. Stories include Anya Pearson, who set up the Mary Anning Rocks campaign with her daughter Evie to, amongst other things, raise a statue to celebrate the life of the incredible paleontology pioneer Mary Anning. Anya, Evie and their supporters have raised more than £150,000 to date. The campaign has funded a life-size statue of Mary Anning that now proudly stands on Lyme Regis Beach, having been unveiled on what would have been Mary's 223rd birthday in May last year. Dr Sarah Price is Head of Locomotion, a rail museum located in North East England, where she's responsible for strategic and operational management. Locomotion is part of the National Railway Museum and a member of the Science Museum Group. Located in Shildon, the world's first railway town, Locomotion tells the story of the railways taking inspiration from its location and housing over 70 rail vehicles from the National Collection. Sarah shares her admiration for Josephine Butler, a Victorian social reformer born in the Northeast. And finally, in a brand new feature called Womanthology Snapshot, we reflect back with Samantha Hunzinger manufacturing engineer at General Motors about the point in her own personal history 
where she discovered her love for all things engineering. Do check out our website, womanthology.co.uk, to read the full stories. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us in the next episode of an issue where we will be delving into the gender pay gap. 